to Square Horrors Special Ghostbusters Weekend. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I am Master of Scaramonies, Matt Berry, and it's also known as Danny Rants About Ghostbusters 2 for an hour and a half Woohoo! Because we, uh, we needed to go to the bathroom during that. Yeah, we needed a little <laughs> break between movies. So, yes, this is a part two to our previous Ghostbusters 1 from... The previous episode, and now we will be covering Ghostbusters 2. And we're not going to be mean about it, because actually, we really liked it. It's a great movie. I have just watched it for the first time earlier this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yes. You've watched it for many more years. I've watched it for years. <laughs> um, so, in between Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2, they did start an animated TV show called The Real Ghostbusters. At The Real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Not to be confused with another Ghostbusters animated show and another Ghostbusters live-action TV show, yeah. both that have nothing to do with the nope. Ghostbusters you would think of. Very, very old school. There's yes. a monkey in them. There's a monkey in, <laughs> yeah. in them for some reason, and a very different car. But I digress. So... This animated TV show got a huge new popularity, and it was aimed a little bit more towards children, mm. which is why I think some people think that the second movie tends to be a little bit more um, children-based and less willing to go for those adult jokes, which I, I would don't say think, those people are wrong. I don't think I would agree with that. Because I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> um, I watched it as an adult and was like, no. It's totally not a yeah. child movie. I think there's a baby in it. Is that what they're talking about? I don't know. Like there's children in it. I'm like, yeah. So, as I think they they take one joke from early in the film as pandering to kids, and then they think that it's going to taint the whole movie. What joke. So, let's get into okay. Ghostbusters <laughs> two, and I'll point it out when we get there. Okay, fine. I'll wait. I'll so anticipation. <laughs> so Ghostbusters two starts out with an end game level title screen that just says. Five years later. You say that, but, like, title cards have existed for years before Endgame. <laughs> well, no, Endgame had that five-year-later title card. So That's does Heroes, okay? And Heroes' title card was on a bombed-out cityscape. Anyway. So I said it's a Heroes one, because it was just, like, boom, five years. Anyway. <laughs> We're now five years after the original, which is proper time frame for in between these movies, because the original came out in 1984, and this one came out in 1989. Thank you for doing the math for me. I was about to go 89, right? Yes, I've got you. Um, so we catch up with Dana Barrett, who is now a mother. She has a young, not even one-year-old child in her little baby basket. His name's Oscar. His name is Oscar. Which is like such a weird name. <laughs> it's a choice. For a baby? I do love that Peter's like, named after a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we find these we find these characters just kind of where we would think they would be after about five years. She's a mom. She's still doing well for herself. She's Wait, in a new career now. But Dan, um, I'm just the novice, but they saved the goddamn world. Um, I'm thinking they're going to be like kings of the world and that there will be huge cultural paradigm shifts now that they know that not only are ghosts real, but there's interdimensional gods and also that humans have the capacity to maybe stop death from happening? I'm so glad you asked that question. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. Because just after we were introduced to Dana and her baby, I... Oscar. Oscar. I don't know why I wanted to say Isaac. Oscar Isaacs, I guess, is on the brain. Isaac, heroes. He's uh, <laughs> gone. <laughs> Any, anyway. Also Oscar Isaac, yes. Yes. Um, so we then catch up with Winston Zedmore and Raymond Stance going in the Ecto-1 to yeah, something... Off in a hurry. Talk to the president, maybe, about the new ghost legislation. And they run into a uh, 
younger middle-aged woman who and they ask how many how big are they or how many are there like hostage situation or something at, right? you would think is yeah, asking yeah. about like the ghosts that are in yeah, their house totally. and they walk in and it's a kid's birthday party and the kids here's where the joke that i think they thought was pandering comes in the kids are like oh man i thought he-man was gonna be here that one He-Man joke, I think, is what really turned some people to think it's a kid's movie. He-Man was a hugely popular action figure in the 80s. What? That's just yes. being culturally and timely relevant. I agree. They could have said Barney if it was 10 years later, because that was the oh, 90s. Damn. Like, Barney really was in the 90s. I mean, yeah. Whew. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Like, they're just... like. Get off their back. Yes, I agree. There's decomposed heads later in the movie. It's not <laughs> it's true. Kids. It's not a kid's movie. Um, but so they go through this party, and it's just not fun because the kids don't want them to be there. The kids don't care about the Ghostbusters. Like, they're basically the clowns. Like, they're basically like you would hire like a magician or a clown or the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the line, um, everyone just kind of forgot about the time. They saved the planets. Well, and they mention right after they're leaving that party that um, the reason they can't really afford to do ghost busting anymore is because they were sued by every state, local, and county official in New York because of the destruction they caused. No, again. And now they have a like cease and desist to not use their ghost busting um, technology. And we're lucky that the government didn't swoop in and get a patent on that and be like, no one can ever be Ghostbusters again because now we have this experimental military technology. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't do that. Yes. Because probably those state and local officials didn't even think that it was worthy enough to tell the government about mm-hmm. the time that people saved the world from a god. Yes. So my thinking is that all of those local state and, you know, officials... Were not around when that happened, or didn't watch the news. I would like to think they were probably all in the desert, sitting there doing nothing, away from a radio, a newspaper, a television, and not in New York, because that is unacceptable. So literally, it's like almost like it's literally the plot of Civil War. Like Superman mm-hmm. just stops, you know, not not Doctor Robotnik. That's Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> he stops. I can't think of a Superman villain. General Zod? Yeah, sure. He stopped General Zod from terraforming the Earth to be Krypton, killing everybody on it. And the lawyer comes up and is like, um, Mr. Superman, um, you threw General Zod, the defendant, through a uh, office building. <laughs> we are going to sue you for uh, property damage uh, because um, now we can't go to work. It's like, he just saved the world! I'll never understand people that are just like, that... I mean, it is a political thing, and it's, like, just a, a view of morals. I mean, it's a whole superhero argument, but, like, mm-hmm. when... I mean, yeah, objectively, they can be bad. It could be, like, the boys who are, like, yeah, they're shitty, but it's, like, okay, they're objectively maybe bad, but, like, they are actually saving the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, it wasn't like those ghosts wouldn't have eventually summoned Gozer. Yes. So it really is not their fault at all. I will get off, off of the Senate floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes... After we meet back up with Raymond Stance and Winston Zedmore, we then meet back up with Egon Spengler, who is doing all he really wants to be doing. I mentioned it before, but he is twice as funny in this movie. Oh, he's hysterical. Because he's just running psychological experience because now he's doing what he actually wants to do. He's running psych experience. He's testing, like, people's emotions and their effect on the human world. Which, okay, if you were paying attention, listeners, during our Hounding of Hill House episode, is kind of low-key, high-key what ghosts probably are, is it's trapped 
suppressed emotional energy that affects the environment around it. And he was experimenting that in a lab. So again, Dan Aykroyd did a race. I don't know about how much, you know, the other, the rest of the cast was involved with, you know, nerd for paranormal science, but Dan Aykroyd certainly was. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm glad that that was addressed. Yes. But how was he measuring that? <laughs> so he was testing both negative and positive reinforcement on the world around them. With the negative reinforcement, it was a couple who was who thought they were going in for couples counseling and were constantly being asked to wait a little bit longer. I really wish that like I was in an experiment like that in my department where I got to be the guy that was like looking straight face, but like I'm sorry, they're gonna like I would be laughing like I'm sorry. It's gonna be another it's half another hour, five minutes, or something like that. Just like keep coming, like any minute now and <laughs> just leave and in the positive reinforcement it's just we have a child in there bring in a puppy see what happens just send in the puppy ah uh, yes write that down well and then after and after he and dana talk because dana comes to egon because she's had a paranormal experience again yeah. with her baby's carriage just suddenly flying out into the middle of the road yeah. and stopping which yeah. is terrifying as yeah. a parent. Well, and it was I would be fearing as if something was holding it, so mm-hmm. it was very paranormal type. Yes. Not just her being lack a bad of mom. prowess of being a mother. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Egon is ready to test some things, and she's like, "You can bring Ray on in on it, but don't tell Peter." And Wait, you, you mean suddenly to tell understand. Me that Peter and her didn't have a good relationship. They didn't last. Wait. Peter, surely all he does is respect women and boundaries and <laughs> is a decent human being. Oh, of course. Which, then, we cut to Peter hosting a TV show. <laughs> He's doing what Dan Aykroyd went on to go do. <laughs> He's hosting a show called World of the Psychic, where he brings on people who claim to know about the end of the world and when it's going to be... Well, he basically just bullies one of his guests, like, yes. on it. Because he's like, we said it was going to be... He uh, bullies sort of both of them! Well, more so the first guy, because the guy's like, yeah, I think the uh, world's going to end on uh, New Year's Eve. Really? This year? That's cutting a little close. You just published your book. You're not going to see any sales in the next, like, year. But it's not about that. I'm, I'm trying to stop... I'm the... just playing devil's advocate here. I... 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 Like, he pretty <laughs> much makes this man cry. Yes. And then the, the woman who's, like, the counterpoint... Said she was abducted by an alien who told her when the world would end, and it was when? Uh, February 14th in 2016. Valentine's Day. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> uh, we know clearly that she was also wrong. But uh, She was also definitely, she also was definitely date like, raped. <laughs> because she's Not taken that it's funny, to... but, you know. But, like... She, this is definitely just like her coping with having been date raped because She's she was like, yeah. she met this random guy at the bar and he took her up to a hotel room at the Holiday Inn Paramus and she's like, well, it might have just been a room on the spaceship made to look like well, a hotel room. And she room. even kind of like had that like defense mechanism, like that blocking where she was like, well, and the next thing I knew I, I was against my will going up to, to meet him and then he told me when the world was gonna end. Like, as, like, mm-hmm. the, like, block out of anything else that happened yeah. there. Well, <laughs> and, like, that's another adult joke that, like, yeah, kids like, aren't gonna pick up on. He even was like, an alien had a room at the Continental or wherever the hell they were staying. And I'm like, you kind of feel bad for this girl, because, like, she's now having this talk on public television. Well, and it's very coast-to-coast AM of them to have, mm-hmm. like, people that are, like, objectively probably crazy, but, like... They're playing it straight as, mm-hmm. like, no, go on, explain yourself. 
which I guarantee Dan Aykroyd was a fan of. So like, oh, yeah. He is not, like, he knows how people that are into the paranormal look to the public because of shows like Coast to Coast, mm-hmm. but he's trying to back it up with as much, like, no, this is science. Like, Egon is his surrogate of, like, no, 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 it's science. Like, this is actually a thing that can be observed and researched. And everyone's just like, it gets the ghosts. Like, it gets the ghosts. Yeah, they don't know. They don't care. And so I also love that Peter is obviously still a fraud because he doesn't believe in any of this. And his sign-off is just him staring at the camera and being like, see you next time. See you next week. And remember, I told you with my mind. And then he just starts laughing. (laughs) I'm a fraud. (laughs) He might as well have just been like, it's all for Well, and he walks off and he's like, hey, I thought we were getting like a real person. And they were like, no, no one will come on here because they think you're a fraud. And he just turns to his producer and says, I am a fraud. Like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Well, and then the mayor happens to walk through at that point and we are introduced to our human villain, quote unquote, I I guess. I want you to imagine a human version of a weasel. (laughs) Like of the animal. That's what this guy looks like. (laughs) He's just not a good-looking guy. Well, I'm like, I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him in, because I've definitely seen him in other things. Maybe if he had, like, his hair, like, I feel like maybe he had hair in something else, because, like, his eyes, for sure, I remember. Um, The actor's name is Kurt Fuller, who's um, well-known for being in Midnight in Paris and Anger Management. He was in Midnight in Paris? He was John in Midnight in Paris. That means nothing. It means nothing to me. (laughs) But the actor just looks so familiar. He, oh, God. Like, oh. I can't think of what I've seen him in. It's so frustrating. But speaking of people that are also in this movie that are in other things, um, the other primary antagonist of this movie is a ghost sorcerer. So... <laughs> Vigo the Carpathian yeah. is like a painting. Yeah. Is essentially this movie's big bad spiritual evil. He was a horrible, like genocidal yeah. dictator for like a. He lived for a hundred and five years. I guarantee he was supposed to be like like the inspiration came from. Oh God, he can't remember his name, but there was a guy. Uh, you know Joan of Arc, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously a saint, 15-year-old girl led the French against the English during the Hundred Years' War. Of course, all of you guys know this. Yeah, of course. Um, what you probably don't know is that um, one of her top like lieutenants or generals was this gentleman whose name I can't remember. Something very French. Uh, there's a very famous portrait of him. He's like a, he, he was famously very, very tall, like probably like six foot for the time. And uh, he killed a bunch of kids. Oh. He was like a serial killer, like a big, like famous serial killer. Uh, I feel like they drew inspiration from him because this Vigo, Vigo is like this general-looking guy mm-hmm. with the armor, probably like Elizabeth Bathory somewhere in there, like that, like weird occult practices. Yeah. So he's just bad across the board. Mm-hmm. Well, and we f- later find out that at Dana's new job, where she works for the art museum, she's helping restore paintings. Yes, that's right. And that's why the Vigo the Carpathian painting is there because it's for mm-hmm. a new project. And we fu- and we meet Dana's boss named Doctor Janosch. Oh, sorry, Janish, because he sounds just like Borat. He has the most, like, stereotypical somewhere in Europe it's accent. It's like, you're a, like, white actor who's supposed to play someone from Europe. Mm-hmm. It's the go-to accent of, like, oh, my God, they, no, that's too Jewish me, but it's, like, <laughs> you, it's the Borat, so, like, the, wow, 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 it's my life. Like, yeah. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> 
And it's like not a bit. Like he's not supposed to be like a comedic character, really. He's yeah. Just foreign. Yes, he's well. And like one joke later on is like they ask him, "So where are you from?" And he just goes, "The Upper West Side." <laughs> like he See, was you, born here. You unfortunately have like tr- dialect training yeah. to like have a real accent. Yeah. So I feel like maybe even though that like maybe he did have training, he just chose. They basically were like just make a a silly like impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, European accent. So, like, he had to keep it. Like, he had to invent it for himself yeah. and then, like, maintain it. Like, he couldn't slip into German or French mm-hmm. or Swiss or whatever. But, yeah, he's this, like, weird, like, for Not weird. He's just a weird... He's weird. He, he, he's he, kind of like Louis Tully, but he's not, like, adorable weird. I was like, it's more creepy than Louis, because, like, he doesn't read social cues sometimes in a way that makes him yeah. Like, he hits on Dana, uh, like, at the workplace, but he does it, like, because he's just so, like, pathetic. He's like, oh, hi, I... Dana, you be you doing the painting is very good. Oh, you doing leaving? I no, you stay. It's, it's like can I say goodbye? It's like ah, <laughs> go back to <laughs> Well, my favorite thing is right before he goes up to that, he's just walking through and he just goes, "You're doing that bad. I I need you to know that." And then keeps walking. <laughs> Like he's just chilling out, doing his thing. Well, he's like he's like the the curator of this whole art museum. So like when he brings in this painting, he was talking about oh it's Vigo. Like oh, he's yeah, all about the Vigo. restoration of this Vigo painting, which is very large. I mean, it looks fine. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, you can tell something's wonky with yeah, it. Yeah, because the face moves. <laughs> and who does the voice of Vigo? Max von Sydow. Yes, that's Father Lancaster Marin from The Exorcist. Yes. Who we talked... I think we actually mentioned, because you didn't know about this. <laughs> I think so. I, so I thought that he was Vigo the Carpathian. No, he's just the voice, yes. because the actor who plays the physicality of yeah. Vigo ended up finding out during the premiere of this so movie shit. that he was not the voice, and he left the premiere in anger oh, for it. Oh, man. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. And yes. that whole end scene, I feel like they deliberately made him not say anything because they're like mm. it would be weird to sync it up. But I mean, I figured they could have just got Max von Sydow. Yeah, a creepy looking guy. <laughs> He's not creepy. He's an older looking, mm-hmm. somewhat. Well, I know they guy. wanted to get someone European for it, so they got a German born. I was gonna say he looks very it. like because he's got that like um, he looks like one of the terrorists from Die Hard. Like, where they're just, like, vaguely, yeah. maybe German, like, they're from somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got, like, the long blonde hair. He's got, like, a very European-looking face. He's, like, this big, tall guy. Like, he looks like he's from, like, Switzerland or, yeah, Germany or yes. something like that. So, yeah, but, yeah, Max von Sydow just has that very, like, low tone. Like, that very low register. Mm-hmm. That, um, and I think that, I mean, some things that I've heard about this movie being, like, people that didn't like it, they're like, there's just too many like, bad guys, like, too much is going on in the movie, I feel like every single person or, like, focus thing or antagonist or anything had its uh, the perfect amounts of mm-hmm. screen time. The Weasley mayor's assistant had enough time. The mayor has that whole scene where he basically just tells him to fuck off. Yeah. The judge has only that one scene, and he's a, he's a, he's a prick in that, and then he's fine. So, like, they just transition in and out of people getting in their way. Mm-hmm. And even Vigo, like, he's not in most of the movie. The thing that is in most of the movie is this, like, sentient slime. Yes. Like, this ectoplasm type thing. And even then, like, it's not, like, the big thing. Like, it's the thing that the guys are researching that has ties to Vigo that 
once it all comes together, it's like, okay, that totally checks out. Mm-hmm. Well, and to get to that slime, um, shortly after they go to investigate Dana's apartment, have some little tests with the baby, which is just kind of cute. Oh my god, watching, <laughs> watching, um, watching Ego, Egon, and, uh, and, and Ray, <laughs> like, they're just examining it like it's, you know, this, like, inanimate object like, for science. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, like, geologists going over, like, a rock. Yeah. Like, Yes, he is a um, 24-inch tall Caucasian 18-pound uh, male. Yeah, um, subject is about four months old. Yeah. Like, they're just like, and the baby's just staring at him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they're playing it totally straight. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. <laughs> My parents didn't believe in toys. I had part of a slinky. Then I straightened it. <laughs> like, I really wanted to see, like, the... the I, th- I think I have seen some outtakes where, like, they're just doing it, and he breaks, because it's just... He's saying, like, legitimately funny stuff. Just so deadpan. <laughs> it's so great. And, and, and uh, freaking, um, the whole time that they're in that apartment, mm-hmm. they're just, like, inspecting everything so diligently with, with scientific precision. Like, they're going over, like, the stuffed animals. Like, yes, yes, I'm getting positive readings off of it. I'm going back into my Bernie Sanders yeah. <laughs> accurate impression. Um, but, like, yeah, they're just all, like, like they are the sh- like they are funny because they're playing it so straight, and they've well, really and, gone into it. Well, and as they're Egon. playing it straight, Peter's just kind of messing around with the baby and Dana and being like, you know, this could have been mine. He's like, why'd your husband leave and all this stuff? And you, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's what <laughs> she personal to talk questions. about right now, dude. She didn't even want you here, Pete. Yeah, well, and that's what I, the one thing that I will say is maybe not the coolest is like, she immediately, she's like, ha, Peter, you're a rascal. Yeah. Like, no, he's not a good guy. <laughs> He's a jerk. And so... For a second, I'm like, did he just, like, knock her up and then leave because he's a prick? That's something that Peter would do. That's true. Um, But so they go outside into the street, and they see this spot where the carriage had stopped moving, and they're like, oh, we're getting some real good readings out of this. Mm -hmm. I guess we're going to have to do something here. So, again, they're scientists, right? Yes. So, scientists, they have rules, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, granted, they didn't have rules before. I mean, sure... But, okay, at least Egon is a scientist now, yes. okay? He is a doctor who does lab work, has to follow guidelines. He mm-hmm. works with subjects that he has, you know, informed consent. He's got a fuck. I know for a fact that he has to follow a very strict set of APA guidelines when dealing with live subjects. Mm-hmm. He needs to debrief them afterwards. He needs to make sure that not any part of them is going to be in any way harmed. And if there's any chance of even emotional trauma that he has to inform them that that will happen. Yes. I know this. I had to do this. I hated it, but it, they're the rules. You gotta do it. Science. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of dig into the street. Yeah, they just use a jackhammer to dig into, like, <laughs> Fifth Avenue. It. Like, it's not even like Peter's doing it while they're like, yes, science. Like, Egon is Egon doing is the it. one who's having to dig into it when the cops show up and they're like, hey, um, why? what you doing what you over doing? here? Well, yeah, then it gets Peter to just yell at him. Yeah. Well, and then shortly after, when they send Ray into the hole they just dug that goes into the ground, (laughs) into, like, a sewer system. Oh, man. And Ray is seeing this river of slime. Yes. And they bring in the person from Con Ed, and they're like, what do you mean you're digging phone lines over here? The phone lines are over there. Well, I tell you, the phone lines are over there. Well, and the cops are like, hey, um, you don't work for, like, any company that works for the city, so, like... So give me another one. What are you doing? 
here? Like, can you stop? Like, what? Like, what is happening here? Well, then suddenly they have to bring Ray up because the slime is starting to try to grab him. Bad. <laughs> which is not a good thing when you don't know what the slime is. No. And so they start to pull him up, and in his like freaking out, he kicks a power line into another power line and makes an entire city blackout. Like, it's not even just that, like a little bit, like because I'm sure the city's on a grid system because it's mm-hmm. Manhattan. Yeah. Like, it's enormous, and it's always electricity. It's like, surely there's more backups. So he just, whatever he did, knocked out the power of all of Manhattan, which is like Completely. a national emergency. Yeah. Like, you know, doing it in, like, you know, Tallahassee is one thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a big deal. And, like, it, it, like, it would be a bigger <laughs> deal, I think, if it was midday. And yeah. this is, like, the, this in is the, the middle, middle of the, the night. night. In New York City, in the, in the 80s. In it's the not 80s. like, okay, well, at least we can have, like, Cell networkers are still fine, so like you can still communicate. Nothing works. No. It's chaos. Well, and even Lewis totally mentions in like the next scene, he was stuck in an elevator for like two hours oh, and just had yes. to make the time. <laughs> so naturally, Lewis totally is back in this movie, and I loved it so much. Well, yes, he's reintroduced in the next scene when the. Ghostbusters, who were there, which is Ray, Peter, and Egon. Oh, yeah, we should have mentioned because, because Winston's the movie not there. Winston just no. Winston was at the birthday party. Yes, and then well, he wasn't at the digging. Just disappeared. <laughs> but the next time he shows up is while the other Ghostbusters are in court, and they're like, "Hey, what would you guys do?" Yeah, he went to like support them to be like, "Hey, um, am I still gonna get a paycheck?" Yeah, <laughs> well, because they're getting arrested because they just destroyed the power in Manhattan, so they're gonna get arrested and put on trial for that. You know what? Right, Which is right. So. And they're, and who's their lawyer? Lewis. And where did Lewis get his <laughs> law degree? Not law school. Night school. Well, it's a good thing that we, we got, got arrested, arrested at night. <laughs> and so the mayor's little assistant walks up to the prosecutor and he's like, hey, so put him away for a long time. I don't want to see him again. And then she's just like, Okay, I'll do my job, I guess. <laughs> Fucking leave? I need a lawyer. <laughs> and then the judge, who is very, very opinionated. Yeah, if you've seen, uh, I know that we both have, but if you've seen the, uh, what the hell was that movie called? It's The Trial of the Chicago 7? Yes. On Netflix? Uh, it's like that judge. <laughs> yeah, he has a he distinct just, like, hate for ghosts <laughs> and the Ghostbusters. Because he's like, this court will not accept the fact that ghosts exist, so mm-hmm. try to make your argument around something else. More and science. Like, again, you can fall back on that you're a scientist, yes. and they just don't. <laughs> well, and Lewis doesn't exactly set them up in the best way, because his well, he's opening... he's not a lawyer! <laughs> exactly. His opening remarks are just like, um, these guys didn't mean to do anything wrong, and one time I turned into a dog, and they helped me. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Great job, Lewis. Short, but pointless. pointless. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, there's, like, this state prosecutor, like, the, the DA is handling this mm-hmm. case, she, and she's just like, what were you guys doing out there? Like a, a normal person could have just yeah. been like, "Hey, why?" Mm-hmm. Like that would like that was a, would have sunk your whole case. Is just answering that question. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the slime that's in the courtroom with them, as the judge is getting is yelling at them. Well, and what I love that's you know, about it, he's like, "Okay, you know." I mean, he's he's giving them shit, but he's like, "All right, you know, say uh, I think it was like two years in prison or something." Yeah, it was uh, twenty five thousand dollars each for fine for each yeah. of them. And then I think two years in yeah. the state. Yeah, in Rikers. In Rikers. Which is like, fair. Yeah. 75 grand, it's a lot of money, but you know, you knocked out the power in Manhattan. And drilled a hole in the middle yeah, of Fifth you Avenue. Were in the <laughs> so like, he hits the guy, and I'm like, oh, you know, 
I assume, like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And then he just, like... Then he just keeps yelling at them, because he's, like, bas- basically it boils down to, if this were any other time, I would have you burned at the stake for being witches. And the goo feeds off of his His hatred. anger, and it blows up and emerges two ghosts known as the Scolari brothers. Well, I love that he immediately, like, recognizes He's them. like, oh shit, I did this. Like, them in their, like, Muppet form. Because, <laughs> like, all the ghosts look like Muppets. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, haunted mansion ghosts. And just like, oh, I, I, I sent him away for murder, and I'm here like... I gave him the chair. Um, yeah, maybe you should've if they murdered. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Well, and my favorite thing is when he's like, hey, you guys have to do something. Egon just turns to him and goes... Why don't you tell him you don't believe in ghosts? Yeah, See how that judge. works. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and then the prosecutor gets lifted up and dragged out just of the courtroom. Okay, we're supposed to be like, yeah. I'm like, she's just doing her job. Yeah. She was just like, um, you did this. You're going to prison. And so the judge tries to run away into his like judge quarters and it's locked for some reason. And so he turns to the ghost person and he's like, hey, you guys should do something. They're like, oh, well, we. This is the first time they care about like the law. Like, oh well. If only someone could, like, rescind a... I say, uh, well, then you have to talk order. to our lawyer. And that's me! <laughs> They're still under a judgment restraint order. That blue thing I got from her. <laughs> yeah, because, they, again, like, we talked about, like, they were under, like, a cease and desist that they could not ghost bust. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of... Again, I just finished a law class. <laughs> uh, it's, like, my... It's my fourth, okay? Mm-hmm. I Listen, it's hard. But I remember some things, and I know that it, anything takes a lot of writing, and a lot of things need to be signed, okay? There is no just verbal handshake agreement that I will rescind your, you know, don't ghostbust order. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of screams, okay, I rescind it, just now do, do something. It. Um, he could still punish them. Yeah. Because <laughs> they are in violation of the, <laughs> like, of the law. Yes. But, but screw the law, ghosts are real. <laughs> yeah, they are ghostbusters. They're gonna go. They're gonna bust some ghosts. So they put on their proton packs, which they haven't used in like four and a half years. And so they're like, "Is this still gonna work?" <laughs> of course, I have that. The power cells have a half life of five thousand years, which means they're radioactive. Which means what? They're dangerous. They're giving them cancer. They're giving everyone around cancer. <laughs> And they just were like, but okay. ghost busting. <laughs> but we gotta bust some ghosts. So they bust these two ghosts, and they're like, we're back! And everyone's like, yay! And so they're back in business. They have a better ad that costs a little bit more. Better acting, too. Because who are the actors in it? Um, Their secretary and their lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> their lawyer slash accountant. <laughs> oh, no. There's a ghost. Who Guess are we you? have to move. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> How did and, you get in our room? And so they they do another ghostbusting montage, but this time, not only are they busting ghosts, they're finding slime throughout the city, like in yeah. public telephones. There's just slime everywhere. Yeah. Like, it is seeping out of New York City. Yeah. And it's, it's gross because it does look like they just mix like vegetable oil and water and like a and bunch Pepto of Pepto-Bismol because it's like a pink <sighs> gross it's it's nasty mm. it's not even jello it's not like the blob no it's mostly it, liquid yeah it's it's nasty it's very gross <laughs> um and so they're doing some research and they're like huh this river of slime's kind of weird and then, yeah 
Guys, it's a river of slime! <laughs> and then at Dana's apartment, because Vigo the Carpathian decides to um, okay. possess the Janos. The that made me, like, really seriously chortle is, like, Giannis is just, like, doing his job, like, touching up the painting, and then it just, like, zaps him. Yeah. With, like, lightning. For, like, before it even possessed him, it just was, like, on your Get knees, off. mortal. <laughs> and then it basically is, like, I'm going to usher in an era of second dirt or something. I don't know. The mm-hmm. standard stuff. And then it possesses him to be like, give me the child. Bring me the child. Which is cool when Vax von Sydow says it. Mm. But it's not when this other guy says it. A, chi- a child. A, a child? A child? What? It's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, and then when Janos first fails to bring the child, he it's just like, like asks her for it. He's first like, time. so where's the child? He's like, hey, I was in the neighborhood. Is child okay? And she's and like, you leave. <laughs> Goodbye. <He's> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Vigo sends slime into her bathroom to take over the bathtub and attack them while she's trying to give her child a bath. It's gross because it kind of looks like a lizard. It looks like a lizard, like, tongue thing. (sighs) It's weird. It's wonky. But the second time that Giannis tries to get it, he dresses up as, like, Miss Gulch from The Wizard of Oz <laughs> and just is in a flying, like, bassinet. Yeah, he's, just, like, like, he's straight up like a ghost. Yeah. Using a Mr. Fantastic it, it wasn't even stretchy so much arm. That he was a ghost. He, like, dressed up as, like, a, a maid. <laughs> <laughs> but so it freaks her out. So she brings herself and the baby to Peter's apartment. She's like, hey, I need somewhere else to stay because my bathtub just tried to eat and me. And he literally, like, turns on Peter Gabriel and is like, oh. You do, do yeah. you? And she's like, ha, I don't have time for you this scam. <laughs> I guess we will. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Who's this strange man? Well, and then she, like, offhandedly mentions, like, yeah, my boss and this weird painting are kind of weird. And he's like, I'm going to bring the Ghostbusters in on this. Well, We're going to go take he, some pictures. He treats that painting that's freaking her out. Cause she's like, I think it's staring at me. He treats it like it's, like, a romantic rival. Yeah. Like, Dude. It's a painting, and maybe it's haunted. Like, it's not going to be, like, intimidated by your, like, machismo, like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's a painting of a thousand-year-old sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> or a centuries-old sorcerer. Because they were, like... Half a century. They were, like, yeah, it's 15-whatever, like, 16-something. They're, like... Yeah, 1505 to 1610. They're, like, yeah, um... They're, like, yeah, it says that he, like, lived a long time before dying. They're, like... Yeah, they also tried to kill him in, like, every conceivable fashion of the time, and it didn't work. Yeah, right before his head died, not even his body, when his head died, he was like, I'll be back someday. And it's like, okay, that's kind of wonky. Like, this thing is objectively very terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, Vigo is, for all intents and purposes, extremely dangerous. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, But it's, it's disguised in slime and a foreign guy asking for your child. <laughs> yeah. Well, the foreign guy, when the Ghostbusters shows up, is like, no, get them out of here. And they just kind of hold him back. Dude, Winston straight up, like, he just, just pushes him. him. He's like, get out of the way, you weird man. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so... Yeah, because Winston's there at that time. Yeah, Winston's there for that one. <laughs> well, and then they're like, they're developing the pictures where um, Peter's, like, starting to get ready to go on a date with Dana again because we've learned nothing. Um, and so, <laughs> She clearly hasn't. <laughs> and they're developing the pictures in their, like, dark room in the firehouse, which is now a thing. 
And it's Ray and Egon, and they're like, hey, I think I see the River of Slime in these pictures. And then they start on fire. Yeah, All the like, pictures start on fire. This, like, he, like, Vigo the Carpathian's, like, haunt spree is like a villain from the Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this, like, super powerful demonic force that can just do anything. Yeah. But it needs, like, a host to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I see. Gotcha. Clearly, yes. Well, and so Winston saves them with a fire extinguisher yeah. because Winston <laughs> did something. Listen, Winston is the, he's the glue that holds the whole team together. Absolutely. <laughs> and no one appreciates Winston. Well, and they're like, so I think we need to go into the old, like, train tunnels, subway tunnels, to go check out the River of Slime. Let's go pick up Pete. And then they run into Peter, who's getting ready for a date. It's I've been there before. We're like, I'm like, man, I'm so excited. Like Kevin and I did this, where we're like, hey, we're gonna watch all the extended edition of Lord of the Rings in a day. And we asked like everyone we knew, and they were like, no, because you guys are major nerds. I'm gonna do anything else. And we're like, ha, guess we'll do it alone then. And like, weren't phased by it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what happens. Oh well, yeah, they're like, oh. Dana's here. He's going on a date. Guys, let's go do this on our own. Okay, sure. (laughs) And so Peter and Dana go on their date, and that's all fine and dandy. But the other three go into the subway tunnels, just walking about with, like, headlamps and, like, flashlights, as if that's going to do anything. Definitely trespassing. Definitely trespassing. We'll ignore all of their legal problems. Now they have carte blanche. Yeah. (laughs) From a judge. (laughs) So they're just walking about... And all of a sudden, they just suddenly see decapitated heads on spikes. Which legitimately did which kind of frighten me. I'm like, oh, it's only there for like ten seconds, and then they just disappear. But still, for those ten seconds, you're like, holy shit! Like, all right, okay, okay, Ghostbusters two ain't coming to play. Well, and then immediately the next scene is they're like, I hear a train. They're like, no, this state like this these has been abandoned, have been abandoned for, for 50 hundreds years. of years. And they're like. No, that's definitely a train. And a ghost train runs over Winston. I mean, like, it doesn't actually hit him, him, but, like, he he thinks he's going to get run over by a train. Well, and this is the first time that they did a thing that I really love in the movie where, like, the slime brings back stuff, like, from the past. Like, wherever the slime goes, it takes, like, it feeds off of, like, the emotional memory of that place Mm -hmm. and makes whatever happened there, like, that was objectively, like, haunty into, like, a big thing. Well, yeah, like, that train had derailed and killed hundreds of people. Yeah. Well, and, like, later on, like, the mayor obviously lives in Gracie Manor, which all the mayors live in, and he was like, I was just talking to Mayor LaGuardia. He's been dead for 40 years. It's mm-hmm. so, like, and my even my favorite one is when they're like, hey, chief, you gotta... We, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We got a call from the docks. You might want to take this one. He's like, "Oh yeah, there's a lot of co- crazy stuff going on here." It's like he says the, said the Titanic just came back, and they're like, "What?" And they cut to these two dock workers just slack jawed, watching as like a like a like a ghost Titanic with a big hole in it, and a bunch of people are just filing out of it, and they're like, "Literally, mm, they never." never. <laughs> Which. First of all, cool. <laughs> Secondly, like, that's kind of got to be cool. It's like all of these ghosts, like, in New York. Like, I can just imagine, like, all of the, like, gangs of New York immigrants who were murdered in street brawls just being like, there's buildings everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. all these ghosts are probably, like, freaking out about the state of oh, the city. Yeah. Well, and, like, <laughs> after they go to, like, 
take a look at the river of slime they go grab pete and they go to the mayor and they're like hey mr mayor some shit's gonna go down and he's like the fuck am i supposed to do about it um well because then they try to sell like listen the ghosts are happening because this slime feeds on negative energy bad vibes and New York is full of bad vibes. So and he's it, like, the mayor's like, am I supposed to just tell people to be nice to each other? Like, Being mean yeah. to other people is a New Yorker's born right. And they're like, yes, but like, it's destroying the city. <laughs> yeah. And so the mayor's assistant, who hears them go, who hears them thinking about going to like newspapers, <laughs> is like, I know how I'll solve this problem. Another Let's... cease and desist order, maybe. Go through the avenue of the law. Oh, I mean, no, get no, that no. judge. Oh, no, no, like, no, no, hey, no. If he didn't sign it, we can just be like, no, you guys are fucked, right? I don't think so. Well, what we... legal avenue could he go on? He's just a guy. He's we not need... like a doctor or anything. We need to throw them in a mental hospital. Oh, I see. A psych how you can just do that. Yeah, so. you know, how you can just put someone in well, there. He tells the doctors, like, yeah, they're very um, disturbed. They're very dangerous people. And the people. doctor's just like, sure, fucking cool. whatever. <laughs> and so they're just chilling there when the slime suddenly rises up to, like, street level. Yeah. It has, that river has grown exponentially. And now, like, someone's fur is just becoming ferrets and again. Also, if I was a kid, I think that would have scared me It's It's creepy. it is pretty creepy. <laughs> well, yeah, and then the Titanic shows up, and then the sky is turning purple, and the mayor's like, <laughs> the mayor's like somebody get that? me the Ghostbusters, please? And the assistant's like, they're not available. Well, where would you put them? Are they just busy? Are they doing all this stuff? And he's like, well, uh, kind of had them committed. And he's like, why did like, you do that? You're fired. You can't do that. Get out of my office. Someone get me the Ghostbusters. <laughs> it literally is like, in the pen say, like, someone give me the president. Like, well, like, <laughs> we've ignored Louis Tully for the most part thus far, but, like, Louis Tully's making moves during this movie. Okay, because Louis Tully... First of all, legend, legendary. Yes. Um, as we know, uh, well off, super intelligent, charming, obviously gets it. We don't know how, but mm-hmm. he does. Um, he asks out their secretary. Yes. Um, who is ba- who was set to be babysitting for Dana that yeah, night? Yeah, because when when you know they went out to that restaurant, you need a babysitter. You need a babysitter for a so like one who year do old? we trust? Our secretary. Janine. And um, she just, Lewis asks her out, and she's like, do you want to just come babysit with me? And of course he's great with kids, because he's the perfect Because he's great. And it turns her on so much that they just get to it on the couch. Yeah, Dana comes home from when Peter was whisked away from their date, and they're just making out on the couch. Well, and what's great, I think, is that uh, he's like completely like, oh, cool, cool, you know, like back to himself. She can't even, like, speak. She's so smitten. So, like, something's going on with, like, Lewis knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's a, he's a, I'm telling you, Lewis. He, he's all about it. And then he goes, to, he helps the Ghostbusters get out of the psych ward. Yeah. And so. Not as a lawyer, just as, No, like, just a, as their friend. As their friend. <laughs> he brings them their gear. They go to the art museum, because they're like, that must be where all the bad things are going. The baby gets stolen by maid Janos. Yes. <laughs> and Dana's like, I gotta go to the museum to save my baby. Yeah. And so around the like museum is a giant wall cylinder yeah, of it's slime. It's just like coated in the slime and it's not responding to the proton. Blocks. Yeah, they try to shoot it down and it doesn't work, and they're like, We need something so positive. Yeah. We need good so vibes. So good that all New Yorkers can stand behind it. And what's that thing that all New Yorkers love? 
that um, American according thing. According to the mayor, it's being assholes to each other. <laughs> but what's the most American thing in New York City they could use? Well, a um, French sculptor by a mason who was making a statue of pretty much Lucifer. The Statue of Liberty. Of course. <laughs> so they pot. They use, all that stuff is true, by the way. Yes. Look it up. <laughs> they use positively charged slime all over inside the Statue of Liberty, and they're like, we're going to play some music and make the Statue of Liberty walk and build up so much morale in New York that we can bust through the top of this and get into the museum. And it works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, it hyped me up when I first saw it as a kid. I was like, Heck yeah. yeah! See, they it's, knew. They, they knew what they knew work. what we were doing. So <laughs> they get in. Um, their strategy once they get in is to shoot Vigo the Carpathian, who has now emerged from his painting canvas prison. Uh, they shoot him. It does not work. He shoots that like energy yeah. back he at them. Paralyzes them. And then they just roast him. I was like, Peter just decides to yell at him. Like, it doesn't really do anything. He doesn't, he, Vigo's not phased, except he's just like, I'll breathe, like, energy on you the so you thing, shut up. The thing that beats him is basically the end of Elf. Because as we, all of this is happening, it's New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And New Year's Eve has just happened. Yes. And Louis Tully is gearing up to oh, go be a Ghostbuster so with him. He's got his earmuffs on. He's got his big proton pack. He's taken the bus. Driven by Slimer. Yes. He's gotten to the he's gotten there and everyone's like, Alright, man, like I, everyone is singing because it's it's New Year's. Like, I said, they're midnight. all singing so, Odd Lang Syne. So that like positive energy is what's weakening Vigo mm-hmm. to the point that he like drops his guard and all he, of the slime say, goes away. He drops the baby and he gets put back into the painting, yeah. but he's still he's still a problem. Yes, and he possesses Ray. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the meantime, so like Lewis is like ready to go, but doesn't know in the meantime that like the vibes are what's killing mm-hmm. Vigo. He shoots at the slime once and it disappears. Yeah, it's like ba- like good great timing, and it's just like I'm a Ghostbuster, and everyone's like hell yeah, man, this guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, legendary. It's great. So I'm gonna make a statue of Lewis Tully. True. We love you, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Oh, just make a statue of Rick Moranis. Yeah. Um, so they <laughs> goo, they positively goo down. They goosh. They goosh on Janos. And, then, and Janos. And then they spray goo on Ray when he gets possessed. And then they just basically blow up Vigo's floating head in the painting. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. It's I don't weird. ask they questions just, anymore. Just, I think they don't even know. They're just like, shoot just at like, that. It's, it's gone until now. Until it goes away. <laughs> And so they're the victors of the day. And they suddenly look back at the painting and they're like, wait, guys, look, it's changed. I really didn't like this. I thought it was it's, weird. It's weird and ridiculous. It's this like weird, like Renaissance-esque Raphael meets the the, the Sistine Chapel ceiling image of the th- four of them. The four Ghostbusters in like yeah, togas with like, the baby in the it's middle. It's so gross looking because it's not even like them as like Adonis's. It's like them as them. Yeah. So they're like covered in hair and just weird like gangly bodies of these like 40 year old men. It's just gross looking. <laughs> yeah. And then they walk out and they're like hey. Like, we did it. I mean, End the of the movie. very similar to the to the first one. one. So Okay. This movie literally is about how positivity beats negativity. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that there's no, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. And they don't do it in like a, hey, let's all hold hands and sing like the national anthem kind of bullshit way. They're just mm-hmm. like, it just happens. Okay. Yeah. Don't think about it. And they're like, they're positively charged sign. They're like, don't think about it. It's just, we were nice to it. <laughs> I say, like, we're just having a fun time with this movie. We're not trying to be like a thought provoking piece. We're just trying to be like, like this is how we solve problems. Why would anyone who ever makes a Ghostbusters movie want to make a statement? That seems stupid and ignorant and against the entire thesis of what Ghostbusters is. But Luckily, we're staying no positive. one ever did that. We're staying positive here on Square Horror Ghostbusters Weekend. Ghostbusters 2 is a great movie. It's so I much fun. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm really glad, because I'm not going to lie, I got a little worried before I showed it what to you. What do you mean? Because I'm, I'm always worried when I tell someone about Ghostbusters 2, because there is that stigma against yeah. it. I had just never seen it. Well, yeah, and I'm really glad that people now, I think, are starting to go into it with more open eyes. Mm-hmm. They're not so like, oh, it's not going to be the first one, so it's going to be bad. It's not as good as the original, but it's still a good it just, movie. It's, it's like a different movie. Like, yes. It, it isn't, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a true sequel in the sense that it's a continuation of something that could feasibly be in one of these movies. Well, and I understand some people are um, argue about how this movie kind of follows a similar plot beat sequence to the sure, original, but, but I'm okay with that because it worked in the first one, and I think it works here too. Dude, I've been rewatching every Pixar movie like in the order that it came out. It's all the same movie too, because mm-hmm. they have a good formula and they stick to it, and it works. I hate to tell you, but like stories have existed for thousands of years, and they're all pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. Who cares? Like, yes. it doesn't matter. Just enjoy it. I enjoyed this movie a great deal. Also, was cool to learn that the guy that was Yanish is the voice of the Mad Hatter in the Arkham games. Yes, he's like, I, was, I knew who that was. Yeah, he's had a very prolific voice acting career since this movie. Awesome. I which mean, I think like Mark is awesome. Hamill. I mean, they, yeah. it's cool for, like, stars that just decide voiceover is cool. Because clearly, mm-hmm. he's good with voices. <laughs> yes. I'd love to hear what he actually sounds like. Just like a, <laughs> Me too. Yes, uh... I loved Ghostbusters 2. It was a great time. Um, it was a great time on the set. I really liked working with the guys. Oh, do the voice. Am I lying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to wrap us up with something I don't feel like is often talked about in the terms of like Ghostbusters movies. But there was a Ghostbusters video game released in 2009. And there were two versions of it made. There was one that was made for the PlayStation 2 and the Nintendo Wii, which had a little bit more of a cartoony look to it and was didn't exactly follow the same story as the what was called Next Gen at that point, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox oh, right. 360 version, which is the version I prefer because it looks a little bit more real mm-hmm. and it follows a more true Ghostbusters story. So the entire game is different. Yes, both games cool. are different. Cool. I first played the PS2 one, and then I played the PlayStation 3 one, and I do prefer the PlayStation 3 one, mm-hmm. and it was recently remastered, I yeah. believe this past summer, it was on the for the new PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation and the Xbox One, one. Uh, and that story follows the Ghostbusters, who have hired a new recruit, who you play as, <laughs> and you go through a new Ghostbusters story, and I think it's really important that they did get the original actors to voice their characters. No one opted out of this. Cool. They even got went so far as to get the original actor who vo- who was Walter Peck to voice Walter Peck cool. in the game. That's awesome. And it, it feels like a true successor to the first two mm-hmm. because it continues a story about Evo Shandor 
and the guy the that designed the, the guy that designed the original building and how he had an effect on New York architecture as a whole. Oh yeah. And how it created like, I think they call it a mandala of ghost energy in New York city. That's like an actual term, but I don't think it fits. I don't think it does either. But I, it's a really fun game. It follows these characters in a true fashion. Peter's still the womanizer. He's after the girl who you find out later is a niece of Evo Shandor, which is why uh, she's surrounded by I these see. hauntings. Fair. I can see that. Um, Winston's in it a little bit more. Yay! Um, Good for Winston. And you get to play this voiceless recruit, so you can feel like you are this recruit, because you yeah. don't have to follow a voice that is yeah. that person. You're just kind of there, and you're like, well, I'm the new one around here, and I'm just kind of <laughs> learning how things work. You're getting more training than Winston did. Yeah. <laughs> like, here, hold these. Well, and the other thing that I really like about it is how you progress and upgrade throughout the game is you get a new type of um, blaster attached to your proton pack. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just have... The proton stream you also have like a slime blower and something that slows down ghosts cool. it's just i really enjoy the it's game like it's Luigi's really fun mansion. <laughs> yeah and it's it's not a very long game i don't think it's a very difficult game so i think no. most people can pick it up and cool. be yeah, able yeah. to play through it well i know that we, we have the remaster version because yes. mcguire played it and now i want to play it. yeah <laughs> all right so is that all you have for the game yeah i mean the game i it's not perfect but it's a fun time if you're a ghostbusters fan you're going to enjoy yourself i mean because like you you're chasing after slimer in the opening level like it's all that kind you fight stay puff during it like how could you ask (laughs) for anything more no absolutely not well okay so clearly ghostbusters is a huge cultural phenomenon so watch it even just for that just Mm -hmm. do that and get ready for Ghostbusters Afterlife coming yeah. out next year, which is now in the continuum of mm-hmm. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. We'll definitely be covering that on a side episode because I know Absolutely. we want to talk about it. I know this is a bit of a departure. This, Ghostbusters isn't really a horror movie, but I think that every, at least once a year on like your birthday, we'll talk like we'll go through like a specific episode of Buffy that you really like or something yes. like that you just like that's peripheral to it. I was like, I think this is this is a movie or these are movies where I don't think it's going to help you towards horror, but it's horror adjacent it's horror enough adjacent. that I think your average person will really enjoy this movie. Yeah. And if you're a horror buff, you're going to be able to enjoy this movie with yeah. them. Well, and I'm the type of moron that really likes paranormal stuff. So like I was mm-hmm. into, and I know Dan Aykroyd is into it. So I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, this is like all accurate. So I, I love when stuff like that is accurate. It's, it's extremely cool. Okay. So before we leave, I wanted to do this on air, oh! but because this is your birthday edition of your episode, I okay. got something for you for your birthday Ooh. that is, I think, in line with what we're doing. Okay. So fill the air. I have to get it. Okay. Um, but yes, so hopefully looking into the new year, we aren't entirely sure on what our schedule is going to be the next couple of weeks, but once we get back to school, we will hopefully be back at one episode a week, and I believe we will be continuing yeah. with our... Um, isolation horror theme. Yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff that I think maybe in the interim we might have a uh, guest episode to talk about the aforementioned Doctor Sleep because we're home and I really want to talk to my with my brother about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, would you say that we started this podcast and it's we kind of talked about this earlier off air about um, how it's like a business, mm-hmm. um, but we're not making any money. Yes. <laughs> So it's like a hobby. I think that's what those are called. Yes. Um, I think that's a so fair way of putting it. I think in the new year, because this is sort of like our 
our Christmas Eve type, New Year's Eve holiday season type episode. Our resolution, not only will be, I mean, obviously we're going to continue this into the new year for mm-hmm. as long as conceivably possible. Yes. But we're going to try to hammer some stuff down and try to see how we can be more like, you know, first of all, like grow our listenership. So like people tell other people about it. Follow the Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. Email us at, at square horror podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, inter- like talk to us if you know us, you mm-hmm. know, um, we love to talk to people. Um, we'll definitely have like a lot more of a variety of episodes in the next year. Yes. Um, and we'll also be trying to get some sponsors. So if there's anyone that has like any in tunes of how we would get that, because we're still trying to figure that out. Yes. Um, we just gotta market ourselves. And I think what the thing, one of the things that the places that wanna the, the marketers, advertisements. Yes. Want is a lot of. You know, like a diverse range of listeners, uh, at least it's a bigger listener body. So mm-hmm. we're just going to keep, even if we keep the same number of listeners, we're still going to keep chugging this show out because oh, it's yes. really fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, I think that that's where the, a lot of this comes from. So it's a, um, it's an ode to us starting our own, like carving out our economic corner in the future. <laughs> I'm excited and scared at the same time. Why are you afraid? I don't know. Why would you it's be scared? Something I don't know what it is. Well, it's not like a bomb. Well, I know it's not a bomb. What is it, Dan? <laughs> business! It's a shirt that says business on it. Because <laughs> that's I what we are. I love it. We're, we're budding businessmen. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, man. We are... Going into business together. We are going into business. <laughs> for, multiple, for multiple projects that I know that we will get into more in the next year. Yes. This being our flagship project. Yes. Of our LLC of just you and me, which is what I'm going to call it, and because it's a snappy. Jingle. I love our LLC that. of just, oh, just you, you and, and me. me. Unless we want to invest, in which case, um, we can totally bring you in on this. <laughs> know that currently there is no return. We are not making any money. Um, maybe we will have merch someday, someday in the future. I'd love that. Yes, have our be own awesome. shirts. It'd be great. But for now, that is our, that is my promise that we are now in business together. <laughs> all right. From all of us here at Square Horror. Oh, um, uh, are we doing the same thing? Yes. Oh, may, you know, may your days be scary and full of frights this holiday season. Um... And may you have some seasoned spookenings and a happy holidays from us here at Square Horror. A scary story.